Welcome to Victorious Living. When, when the lust of the flesh is ruling in a person's life, there is the absence, listen to what I'm fixing to say, the, there is the absence of obedience and the revering of God, reverence to God. Because Satan, through the mind and to the mind, wants to take that away from you, take you where you are not willing to do that. Welcome to Victorious Living with Pastor Charles Cowan. Today, Pastor Cowan is sharing a message with us. He's entitled, Why Satan Wants Control of Your Will. We invite you to stay tuned to today's program. If you can't, we invite you to visit our website at victoriousliving.org. There you'll find other audio and video resources to help you in your Christian walk. And now, here is Pastor Cowan as he shares with us why Satan wants control of your will. And so, this is where the warfare against the life of faith and faithfulness is being fought every day in our life. This war is waged, as I've said, against our prayer life. And you know, here's, let me say, I, I get all these thoughts when I'm preaching. It's not any need for anybody to try to present themselves spiritual to impress people. What difference does it make what people think about you? And so, no, listen, we, if we're going to try to impress somebody, and I don't, I don't know anybody that's doing that, so don't misunderstand me. But if we're going to impress somebody, we certainly ought to have Jesus up at the top of the list. Let's impress God. Can, can God be impressed? He can be pleased. Without faith, it's what? impossible to please God so God can be pleased. So if I'm going to strive to do anything, I want to strive to please God, not to impress you or not, not to make you think I'm some spiritual something. No, God knows what I am and what I ain't. And you know what you are and what you ain't. And so we don't want to do that, folks. Some people do that. I want you to understand that. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like that. I guess you have. But there are a lot of people that try to impress you with their spirituality. But what happens even if they impress you? What are you going to do for them? If they impress, if, you know, if you're impressed by them, so what? No, we want to please God because he can do something for us. He can produce something in my life that he's already produced before. And so we want to do that. Is everybody still here? Well, I'll cut the noise. I'll cut that down a little. Lower the volume there. I'm teasing. And so this is where this warfare. So this warfare is waged against our prayer life, our life of obedience to God, our praise life. Well, now, you know, Brother Charles, I don't do much praise, and I just like to sing a little bit. Well, now, praise, have you ever looked in the Bible and see how often praise is mentioned in the Bible? Have you ever looked the different definitions of praising and, and of praise and looked to what is it that shows that you're praising? Look it up sometime. I mean, you, I'm praising God. I just praise God. See, you're using your words but you're not, you're not very intimated with your excitement. Amen. But, boy, this is good. Amen. 
So this, the, when the lust of the flesh is ruling in a person's life, there is the absence, listen to what I'm fixing to say, the, there is the absence of obedience and the revering of God, reverence to God. Listen, you, the way you reverence God is by doing it the way he tells you to do it. You're giving reverence to him. So let me say it again, that uh, when the lust of the flesh is ruling, there is the absence of obedience to God and the reverencing or revering of God. Why? Because Satan through the mind and to the mind wants to take that away from you, take you where you are not willing to do that. Amen. Well, I'm doing pretty good, you know. Well, in your sight you are. but not always in the sight of God. Not always in the sight of God. So the will of man can contain godly authority or it can contain fleshly authority. Your mind has, has fleshly authority until it's brought under the control of godly authority. So the will of man can contain godly authority or fleshly authority. And they will be located, these will, this, this will be located in the soul or the mind, which is the place where authority is exercised and put into action. Come right out of your mind. Come right out of my mind as to what I am willing to do, what I want to do. It comes right out of our mind. Now look what Jesus said himself. How many of you believe we ought to pay attention to what Jesus said? Let's look and see what he said in John's gospel, the seventh chapter. In the last day, this is the 37th verse, John 7. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Now, he, the word cried means he shouted it aloud. He proclaimed it aloud. He, he in a raised voice, it says that he, he cried. So in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and, uh, and proclaimed loudly, saying, if any man thirst, now notice how this is worded, if any man thirst, everybody's not thirsty for God, we know that. Even sitting in this room tonight, probably at some point in time, we haven't been very thirsty at some point. I'm not saying you're not now, but at some point. So he said, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and proclaimed or cried saying, if any, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So Jesus has got something for you to drink. He, he's, got, he, he's got some liquid. <laughs> he's got something that he wants you to drink. But... In order to drink it, you gotta be thirsty for it. And we'll talk a little bit about that here just in a moment. And, and, and I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm not calling people's names, so don't go out, well, you know, Pastor Gallagher. No, I'm not calling your name. But if you think that way, I'll probably hit you pretty good. So in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now here's the question out of that verse of scripture. What is thirst? What does it mean when he says, if any man thirst, 
What does it mean to thirst? We know what it means to thirst for water or uh, thirst for some liquid, you know, we, we understand that. But what is thirst? Right here, listen to this. This word thirst here means a sensation of dryness. Now, have you ever seen a, a, a cold, carnal Christian? Have you ever seen one of them? It's okay, we, not, we won't tell them that you said yes. But a cold, carnal Christian, a Christian who is dry, they have, no, they have no emotion at all in, in reference to God about them. They're dry. Oh, they'll give you an argument on that, sure, but that's okay. They're dry. That's what this word thirst here is talking about. It's talking about a, per, a Christian who is dry spiritually. You know, you know uh, they're, they're dried up. They're like a prune. <laughs> they're a spiritual prune. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, put your rocks down and just listen to me, amen. So, so thirst is the sensation of dryness. That's what this word is talking about. They're dry spiritually. They, they are dry spiritually. That's what this word thirst and dry and all these, dry spiritually. Folks, folks, well, let me get off of that because I love to say something I shouldn't say, but God would approve of it if I did. This machine back here is not working for some reason. <laughs> okay, so any man would certainly include the person who's born again. Any man, including the obviously including the one who is born again, uh, uh, as well as the one who is not born again, the carnal as well as the spiritual. He's talking to both both sides of it: the spiritual person and the non-spiritual or the carnal Christian, or the, or the Christian whose mind is dry, a dry spiritual, but yet they have believed upon the Lord as their savior. But there's a dryness in their, in their life spiritually. Amen. All right, well, let me go a little further. Is that okay? So the will of man, the will of man is involved for the saved and the unsaved as well. The will to receive Christ as savior as well as the will to yield to Christ as one who is saved, the will of man works on both sides of the ledger. And so there can be no thirst for God until the will is ready to yield in obedience to the known will of God. Now think about it. If you're listening to me, just say amen. Listen to what I just said. I said, I said it this, the will to receive Christ as Savior as well as the will to yield to Christ as one who is saved. So we got, we got this conflict going on. So Satan's after your will. He's after my will. Amen. And so there can be no thirst for God until the will of man is ready to yield in obedience to the known will of God. Otherwise, the will of the flesh will dominate. And so if you operate under, if I, we, whom, whomever, whoever, whomever, what, what, anyway, if I am constantly yielding to the flesh, there is no room for faith to work in my life. It's just not any room for faith to work because it's double-minded. 
You know what James said? Talked about a double-minded man. You got all of this going on in your mind and on thinking about one side of it, then you think about the other side of it and you're con conflicting one with the other and you become double-minded. Now here's what James said in his right. He said, don't let that man think, don't let him think that he'll receive anything from God. So you see, what does that puts us out on the island? that we can't, we can't receive, we're thirsty, but we're not drinking. Are you hearing me? And listen, folks, Jesus is coming. He's coming soon, amen. And did you know that the rapture is the only uh, scriptures in the Bible that does not give you an indication when it'll happen? We have all kinds of prophecies about what's gonna happen in the end time, but you don't have any prophecies that are, that'll lead you to believe Jesus is coming next year or two years from, none. But here's the point in it. If you study the Bible out and go all the way back to Noah and go all the way back to Lot, that God is looking, well, people, when God comes, it'll be people who are living godly. Those are the people that God will incorporate in the raising up. And now Noah and the ark is a great example of that, all of the people who obeyed Noah's instruction got in the boat, and when all of that, it was a flood, but when all that came, what did it do? It's our hope that today's message, Why Satan Wants to Control Your Will, has ministered to you. We invite you to come visit us at our website, victoriousliving.org. There you'll find audio of today's sermon, different resources and materials that can help you in your Christian walk. If you would like to request a free CD copy of today's message, you can do that by calling 1-800-842-7896. Again, that number, 1-800-842-7896. If you would like to receive a free CD copy of today's message, please request offer number 27. Today's offer is 27. From Pastor Cowan and the congregation of Faith is the Victory Church, we'll be looking for you next time on Victorious Living.